welcome to the Triage Method Podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. Just a reminder, before we get into this week's episode, if you've come to this podcast to learn how to get on the path with training, nutrition, lifestyle, we do also have online coaching spaces available. So if you're interested in one-to-one online coaching or the group coaching service, both of those options may be of interest to you if you're seeking out that type of information. But if you're not and you're just here to have your questions answered or to learn more about the topics we're going to discuss, let's get into this week's episode. So what are we discussing today, Gary? What is the, the question that we are discussing today? So this week we're going to discuss, can you spot reduce body fat? You know, what that means for people listening is, you know, you, you see a lot of magazines or articles and stuff like that online, especially when you're on random websites that have ads installed, you know, you'll see what you'll see uh, diets or specific foods or specific exercises that are going to lead to toning one particular area of your body. So for example, can you just get rid of bingo wings? Like, you know, the the posterior arm fat, tricep fat that people have? Like, is that something you can, you can just get rid of? Can you just get rid of your belly fat? Can you just get rid of your thigh fat? You know, because we all have different uh, body fat distributions and some people want to focus on toning up or getting one p- particular place, part of their body leaner. But can you do that without getting everything else lean? Yeah, and this is, this is kind of like the, the intersection between training and nutrition because obviously like the the last podcast we just did on nutrition actually before we do this first of all i would just like to say that we were actually at the nutritional advocate who is basically just the nutritional ziz um i don't know why he is just playing everyone and not telling everyone that he is actually ziz Um, but anyway uh we were at his seminar it was actually fucking fantastic and really enjoyed it um even if you and that that bodybuilder guy you were sitting beside just kept laughing to each other, giggling like schoolgirls. Um, while I was trying to learn. Anyway, um, yeah, met loads of people who listen to the podcast, who enjoy our content, who I always appreciate when people come up and like, are like, oh, I like, really like the message you put out, really enjoy listening. Because like, obviously, people that listen to our podcast are both practitioners themselves. Like they're trying to, you know, get maybe a different perspective or you know, make sure that their perspective is actually on the path. Because again, like you can't know everything. You can't have all the experiences possible, you know, and it, it can be hard to get the necessary experience ahead of time. So listening to other people who have probably made all the mistakes that you want to bypass making, i.e. us, um, that's that's generally a nice little like a uh, knowledge accelerator, you know. Now, obviously, you still go out and do stuff yourself and, you know, potentially make mistakes and whatever else. Um, but it is always nice to hear like, practitioners and people in the field listening to us and saying they enjoy the podcast enjoying the messages that we put out in terms of like actually helping the general population like real world people because i do feel like people who are generally evidence-based i suppose you would call us that and i I don't know like everything is evidence-based when depending on just where you choose to say what evidence is um but everyone who is like in this evidence-based community like a lot of it a lot of the time they kind of i don't know academiaize i don't know if that's a a word but i'm gonna make it a word but what i mean by that is they kind of make it into like everyone should be a researcher and everyone kind of feels like they they should be reading papers and interpreting papers and and all that kind of stuff that goes along with like academia and that's fucking great like i like that i I know you enjoy that as well but that's not necessarily what's going to help everyone in 
their actual field. Like, like the best thing to be would be to be a good practitioner. Like, I don't care how many research papers you read, you know, if you're a shit practitioner, you know, like if you are in the field, you are actually trying to help people like that should be your, your focus. And yeah, that should come back to having good evidence-based practices, but that doesn't mean that you need to read all the research and stay completely up to date with that. You know, that's also not to say that you can just ignore it, you know, um, but it's not to say that you also should be like, oh, I need to stay on top of every single thing that comes out. Like, yeah, you might want to, you might want to do it for your own, you know, uh, benefit and also your clients benefits, but you know, you should be a practitioner first if that is, you know, your, your field of practice, you know? Um, so it is nice to, you know, engage with people, talk to people, say that they are enjoying the, the podcast itself uh, and getting a lot from it. Did you enjoy that uh, aspect of it as well, Gary? Communicating with yep. people? It's always good, you know, communicating with people in the real world and not just messaging people on, on Instagram. You know, some people actually don't have their real names on their Instagram. So you meet them in real life and you're like, oh yeah, your name is at, uh, x underscore y underscore nutrition or whatever you know um so it is nice to put faces to names or faces to actual real names handles yeah name yeah names to to instagram names um so yeah i did i enjoyed that and always good to spend time with people like that and eat copious amounts of food oh yes and that's always ideal and also i always find it i was saying it to a few people uh as well whatever day it was saturday yeah yeah yesterday um that uh like i'm so bad for following people in the health and fitness world because again like i i basically just follow people that i know um personally like i've met them and that's purely because like most people in the health and fitness world you know that it seems to be especially in the training world seems to select for scumbags you know like uh and again i I say this all the time but genuinely i don't know like someone i could be following someone online and then it comes out in five years that they're actually a pedophile you know i'm like I don't need that shit in my life. So I'd rather just not follow them from the start, <laughs> you know? So I know I'm really bad for that, but it's nice to like actually engage with people and then be like, ah, you actually, you know, you actually don't seem like a pedophile, you know, you probably aren't. So I can actually follow you, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, back to the actual question, just thought we'd put that in there because obviously the podcast, the last podcast came out on a Monday and the seminar had been on a Saturday, but we had recorded that podcast on a Friday. So it was ahead of time. But anyway, look, let's get to the actual question, the the meat and potatoes of this, which is, can you spot reduce fat? And again, this is a bit at the intersection between uh, training and diet, because people will try to use training methods to spot reduce fat. Like they're like, oh, I want to you know, lose some fat on my belly. And they'll say, I'm going to do a load of crunches or something. I'm going to do a load of ab work to try to lose that fat. Or I'm going to do a load of tricep extensions to, you know, get these bingo wings, you know, toned up, you know, and like there is some truth to that in terms of like, you know, you could, you could argue from like a blood flow perspective that, you know, maybe fatty acid mobilization and everything, but I'm not even talking about that. What I mean is like, you know, if you have low muscle mass in those areas, like and, and high fat mass, it's always going to look worse. Again, I'm putting that in quotations worse than it could be if you had some more muscle mass in that area, you know, providing some kind of uh, structure or shape to that general area, you know, like again, with the triceps as an example, like if you do have like bingo wings as they're, they're commonly called, um, you know, you, if you did some tricep work, you might actually notice that, you know, the, the triceps, your, the back of your arms are a little bit more toned after a couple of weeks 
And that's not from necessarily a fat loss perspective, although that probably does play into it if you have taken up resistance training or whatever. But you know, you probably built some muscle in that area as well. So that's providing some kind of structure and shape to that area. And as a result, it less it looks less kind of like bingo wingy. Does that make sense, Gary? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Um. But obviously, this is this is then hard for uh, I will call it a lay person to interpret them because they're like, well. You just said I couldn't spot reduce fat, but man, my triceps are jacked now. Like I spot reduce the fat, you know? Uh, And again, as I was saying, it's kind of the intersection between nutrition and training because, you know, you might try to get into some sort of calorie deficit and be like, I just want to lose fat on my, my abs say. Right. But as a guy, if you have traditional or generic male fat patterning, generally guys hold more fat on their, their stomachs than the rest of their body so as a guy you might be like oh, i just want to like get a six-pack but that might mean that you have to lose fat on your legs you have to lose fat on your arms and they're all going to like tighten up tone up whatever words you want to use like they're going to have like fat loss uh, first and you might still have a little pouch uh, covering your abs you know and you're like what the fuck like that's the one area that i wanted to to work on but it's not working and this is it's quite funny when you really dive into it because you'll see like males and females effectively just want what they can't have. Right. And like men will be like, Oh, I just, I literally just care about my six pack. That's, that's it. You know, like, yeah, I want to have bigger arms, bigger chest, bigger back. But like in terms of a fat loss perspective, they're like, I don't really care if there's a little bit of fat on my arms, as long as my you know six pack is chiseled. Right. And that's the last area to go for most males. Right. And women are the opposite in terms of they're like, I don't like, I actually kind of prefer some upper body fat, you know, I'd like it on my chest and, you know, maybe even across the, 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 the chest as a whole, I'm not talking about just like their breasts themselves. Um, they're like, Oh, I'd like, you know, some fat on the upper body. They find like their, their ribs poke out a little bit. Maybe their collarbones poke out a bit, their shoulder blades, their shoulders. They're like, I don't really like that uh, look when I lose fat, but I still have in their mind loads of fat on my lower body. Because again, uh, a female fat patterning is generally like holding more uh, body fat on their lower limbs, you know, or even around like their, their, uh, their thighs and stuff. They might be like, Oh, it feels like I have like kind of saddlebags or like I've loads of cellulite and all these kind of things. And they're like, they're, they're, they start a diet, they're losing fat. And all of a sudden their abs are popping out. Their upper body is jacked. You know, they're seeing veins across their shoulders and everything, but they're still like, Oh, but I still have the cellulite on my legs or, you know, I still have this extra, extra fat on my legs. And that was the area I wanted to tone up, you know? So I understand that it can be really frustrating for someone when you're like, when someone says like, yeah, you just can't spot reduce fat, but it's unfortunately the case that that is true. And as I said earlier on, like this is at the intersection between that kind of nutrition and training stuff, because you will see it from both sides being like, Oh, do this uh, nutritional approach and you'll be able to spot reduce fat or do these exercises and you'll be able to spot reduce fat. And from a nutritional perspective, like there's, there's just not much that you can do. You know, it's a calorie deficit. That's what you need to be in. And what that means is again, as we've discussed on the last two like main podcasts, that means that, you know, you're in a a deficit of energy, which generally means you are moving a little bit more and, or eating a little bit less, you know, um, or some combination of those two things. Right. Um, so that's going to put you into a calorie deficit and that's just going to lead to body fat being used as energy to make up that deficit of energy. Like your body fat is just stored energy, right? Um, and as a result, your body's like, well, I'm just going to take this from wherever I, I, I want it. You know, it's not like, oh, 
my brain is telling me take this from you know that uh, fold of fat at the end of my abs it's like no like there's no way you can tell it where to take it from you know and again a lot of this does have to do with blood flow a lot of this does have to do with like hormones but while you will see all these random protocols telling you oh this is you can manipulate your hormones and whatever else to do this to you know target this kind of fat like the magnitude of which you can manipulate that stuff is so low unless you are actually supplementing with those things like you're taking like insulin or you're taking uh you know i don't know even like some sort of like cortisol blocker like that might again do stuff you know or you're taking testosterone or you're doing something like that like the the, the, the magnitude of which you can manipulate your hormones is very low outside of a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus like with that stuff yeah you can actually manipulate your hormones quite a lot because that's in a you're, like you your your hormonal balance is in balance with your energy intake you know like these are sex hormones a lot of the time they're the ones that are being discussed these are sex hormones and you know if you don't if you have a low energy availability you know there's you're not giving your body a lot of uh signal to produce the sex hormones because it's like i have no energy no sexy time, no, no, uh, procreation, you know, there's no energy in this environment, you know? And again, this is why you see people like they go on like a bodybuilding prep and they, they have like lower libido, they have, uh, you know, they might lose their, their menstrual cycle and stuff. Again, it's just an energy availability thing. Right. Um, so again, you can definitely 100% influence your hormones, but in terms of like, Oh, I'm just going to boost my testosterone and that's going to lead to, you know, my body fat being stripped off. Like, it's just not the case, right? Um, so the, the, the answer to this question is actually really simple. It's like, no, you, you simply can't lose body fat in a spot reduction style. Like you can't just be like, I'm only going to lose body fat here. Um, it's it just, it's simply not the case. Now, what you can do is get yourself into an energy deficit, you know, eat, eat a little bit less and maybe move a little bit more or again, combination of those two things whatever is appropriate for you you know we've been doing podcasts on this so you know go back and listen to them there's articles on site you know obviously we have training available like i mean coaching available if you are like i don't know where to start with this stuff i just give me the plan of action for me as an individual you know but if you are just looking at this from yourself you're like i want to you know get a better idea get a better understanding you know really push forward with this stuff that's the thing that you need to do that's what's going to get the results you know and yeah you can maybe bias your training a little bit to target those areas, not from the perspective that, oh, I'm going to encourage more fat loss in that area. That's not really going to happen. Like maybe, maybe you get like an extra one gram of fatty acid mobilization from like, you know, the increased blood flow. But like the, the magnitude of effect is just so minuscule. I just wouldn't even consider it being worthwhile, you know? Um, but what you will find if you do, you know, train those areas, you might find that there's a bit more of a, a toning effect because you know, you're building a little bit of muscle in those areas. And that's giving you the perhaps the shape and structure that you want in those areas, you know. But again, building muscle is a, you know, a long pursuit. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, train my triceps hard for four weeks, and they're really going to tone up, they're really going to have a better shape structure not really going to be happening in like that four week or even 12 week time period um, for most individuals. So, you know, like it is just about like, okay, I'm going to train my body as a whole. I'm going to get myself into a calorie deficit. Fat loss is the goal. And I'm effectively going to ensure that I am training those areas that I really feel like 
uh, a bit more self-conscious about um but also then training the other areas of my body so that you are ending up as a you know functional human at the end of it does that make sense gary absolutely and like i completely agree like there's effectively two answers to this question and one of them is if my client is asking this question and another one is if you or another trainer are asking this question because like effectively the practical take-home point is that like this this doesn't matter it's not something you can effectively change like your body fat distribution is primarily going to be governed by um genetics at the basis and you know obviously other upstream factors such as hormones etc whether or not you exercise yeah, but even the, the even the hormone stuff it's like that's genetically determined yeah that, that's what i mean you know exactly like it's just it's it's something that's 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 occurring as a result of um who you are your genetics etc um your sex obviously is important there too um but yeah so like it's not something that's actually worth even thinking about because like you said like we're always going to recommend going to the gym, doing some exercise, you know, trying to strengthen your body and build a bit more muscle. That's going to have the effect of adjusting the way that your body looks at a given body fat percentage. Um, so if you were to have a given level of body fat on your body, it's going to look very different with, you know, uh, 40 kilos of muscle mass on there versus 20 kilos of muscle mass on there. They're clearly going to be um, very different things. So if you are trying to improve the aesthetics of a given body part, building muscle is generally a pretty sound idea. You know, if you're someone who typically stores a lot of body fat in your midsection and you feel like you look like that kind of skinny fat type of person, if you actually were at the same level of body fat, but you had big shoulders and big legs, you'd suddenly look like you had a small waist. So it's important to realize that that goes on and important to realize that when it comes to the actual body fat loss, it really is just a case of getting yourself into a deficit and applying the basic um, principles of nutrition that we've discussed in the last couple of podcasts. However, having said that, like one of the things that we tend to do in the, in the fitness industry is, is like allow the pendulum to just swing too far and like actually rule out actually questioning these things. So if it was you or someone else asking is spot reduction, you know, is that just a myth or is there actual like a possibility of that happening? And like you alluded to, on an actual, from a physiology perspective, like this have, does have potential to have some very minor effects in that, like mechanistically, does subcutaneous adipose tissue that is close to a muscle, so adjacent to a given muscle, does that get greater blood flow? And is there more lipolysis there um, when, you, when you're exercising that particular muscle? Like the answer, answer to that seems to be yes. Like there is mechanistic evidence to support that. You know, if you have people who are, um, doing a particular exercise for a given muscle group, more more of the fatty acids that are stored near that area in your fat tissue um, are going to be used and there's better blood flow to that area. Because the thing with blood flow is that it's both locally and systemically controlled. So you could have, for example, systemic constriction of your blood vessels, but you could have local dilation of the blood vessels to one area. And that's what happens when we exercise. There's a buildup of metabolites, um, basically byproduct products or waste products from creating energy. And what happens is they lead to more blood flow being diverted to that area. So when that happens, then there's more potential for um, the distribution of those fatty acids to allow that exercise to actually take place if fatty acids are, are being oxidized during exercise. So that's the mechanistic answer. Like, is there potential for it? Yes. But that's just like fatty acid mobilization. And it's not clear that that would actually make any difference in the real world. And my current impression is that it probably wouldn't most of the studies that have studied this over decades have shown basically no effect 
and there have been a couple of outlier studies that show like kind of small effects but you're looking more so at like training the upper body versus training the lower body and not training the other half whereas like that doesn't happen in the real world anyways you know no one's telling their clients to do that anyway and even and then also you're... just just on top of this right Sorry. if you do want to argue that that is a possibility you also have to argue the exact opposite well not the exact opposite position but the opposite condition in terms of if you were then to be gaining you would also then preferentially store body fat yeah. in or adjacent to muscles that are more active, right? So if you were in a, a calorie surplus and you were, say, a runner or something, you know, you engage in running, you're going to say then, with this hypothesis, that your body is going to preferentially store fat adjacent to the muscles that are working, you know, more, more often, right? And so, again, I'm just using a runner as an example, but you could also do that in terms of, you know, a resistance training person. If you train your chest more, and that's what you're saying, you're like, oh, that's to you know, get more fatty acid mobilization in that area or whatever, when you're on a fat loss diet, then it's going to lead to more fatty acid deposition in those areas in a fat gain diet. Well, a, a, a surplus diet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like in the real world, like I just wondered, does any of this actually matter? And I think the answer to that is no. Like, to be honest, if I was like, a really high level competitive bodybuilder. And I knew that I had been informed from the judges, let's say after repeated competitions that look, this one area of your body, it doesn't seem to be getting quite as lean. That's the last place. Would it, would it be worth giving a shot to like do loads of local high rep exercise for that, for that area of the body potentially fasted in the morning? Like, yeah, I know you've had, you've said this before in some of your articles and I think you could make the case for that, but that's like, you're talking about like, something that matters for basically no one, you know, because even in that context, the best thing a bodybuilder can do is, is just get leaner overall, you know, mm -hmm. especially if you're getting feedback that you're not lean enough. So, so yeah, I think this is one of those things that like, it's, it's mechanistically interesting. If you're interested in exercise physiology slash nutrition science, you could say, but makes basically no difference um, for people in the real world. You know, there are, there are like more important considerations in terms of like, body fat distribution, such as like, you don't want to have a lot of visceral adipose tissue, you know, you don't want a lot of um, fat around your organs and stuff. So like, that's why men all die young. Well, yeah, young, like well, younger than women, I should say. Yeah, like that's that that's one of the things that tends to happen to men a little bit more often. And like, if you are someone that has, you know, quite a, a central obesity or central adiposity, a lot of fat around your midsection, that's generally something that's more concerning than let's say someone who just has, you know, a small waist and more fat on their lower body. So there are real differences in terms of like, what body fat is like, it's not all one thing. And it is different when it's acting on your liver and pancreas than when it's on your your calves um so yeah there's, there's interesting stuff there to be discussed but for the purpose of this question you don't have to worry about spot reduction just train and get yourself in a deficit and you'll be all g 100 mm, and also just just to kind of round this out and finish it up like the whole discussion of like body fat distribution it, it's actually really really interesting because a lot of the physiques that people admire have genetically well, i'll call it abnormal body fat distributions and what i'm thinking about is like men in particular right because like in the instagram era or whatever you want to call this where people like post pictures of themselves on instagram like the people as like men who get more likes actually have female fat patterning you know like they have like they store all their body fat in their legs which is fucking great for them 
in terms of, well, first of all, their health probably, you know, but second of all, for their Instagram likes, because they could literally be in the height of the biggest dreamer bulk ever and still have abs, you know? And like, that's, look, that's just great for their Instagram likes. Cause they're like, yeah, man, I gained 20 kilos and they still have abs. So everyone just thinks there's some genetic phenom, but like they just gained 15 kilos of pure fat on their legs. And you know, no one can see that because they're wearing trousers, you know? Um, and for women, it's, it's even more deceptive, I would say, because, you know, you can have, you can be a female and have body fat patterning that, you know, it basically all goes to your bum and all goes to your boobs. And, you know, you can be like, all right, this is, this is great for me in terms of, again, this Instagram era where I'm like, I just post photos of myself and the, I'm like, oh, a really proponent of, you know, gaining weight, telling people to, you know, the, a gaining phase has been the greatest thing that I ever did, which, you know, is generally good advice, you know, people should be, you know, especially women who generally get caught up in this kind of like diet culture a little bit more than, than men do. But uh, it's like, yeah, that's all fine and well for you really being a pro- proponent of that. But all the fat you gained was on your boobs and your ass, you know, so naturally enough, you're going to suggest that. And your friend over here who just, you know, she literally has a fucking A cup and a pancake ass and she tried going on this gaming phase that you're saying and just gained fat on her stomach, you know? Like, they're two different experiences, you know? And like, again, the Instagram, Instagramification of, you know, fitness, health and fitness stuff, like, that's going to reward the message put out by someone that's like, yeah, I just... I gained fat and it was just all my boobs and my, my ass, you know? So this whole like fat distribution stuff, it's, it, it's, it's just unfair. And there's, there's no way around that, both for guys and for, for girls, you know? So it's like, and you can't do anything about it. You can't spot reduce fat. You can't spot gain fat. Um, and you just gotta, you just gotta roll with the, the cards you were dealt and uh, play your hand as best you can and do all the right stuff. and it will pay off eventually, even if in the short term, you might be like, oh, I'm doing all the right stuff and I'm not getting this huge benefit. That's someone with a different fat patterning, fat distribution than you seems to be getting by doing the exact same thing that you're doing, you know? Yep. The universe is unfair and that's life. Yes. How very, very enlightening of you, Gary. So jaded for someone who is so young. and so woke. The universe is mostly empty space, bro. Yeah, so are humans. Yeah, we're still solid. (laughs) Fucking headboy, yeah. Right. That concludes this episode of the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition. As I said at the outset, you can get involved in our coaching service, uh, one-to-one and group coaching spaces available. Um, In addition, you could choose one of the lower tier services that we offer and by service i mean uh, product because we have beginners guidebooks and we've got program templates that you can get involved with they're pretty cheap you know save up uh, don't skip out in like three coffees this week and you'll be able to get some program templates for yourself get on the path and they, lots, of, lots of program templates as well like not just like, oh, here's here's one program like you see people selling like oh here's my four-day uh, split and it's like just one program and they're charging like 75 dollars or something for it it's like that's just actually reckless in my eyes. Yeah. Basically, if you buy the program templates, you get between, depending on which one you buy, you get between eight and 10 different program variations along with sufficient education to basically tell you why we've made the decisions and they're a tenor. Like, so, I mean, just, just get on that, you know, um, 
And, you know, if you've got any feedback for us in terms of like how we can improve them or maybe other ideas that you've got, also let us know because that's something we don't say often. So if you guys have any suggestions, hit us up. And of course, the podcast on these Thursday episodes, we basically answer a question on the Monday episodes. We discuss a more comprehensive topic. So there is a form in the description box below if you'd like to basically submit a question to have it answered uh, because we're always thinking, you know, I wonder what people would like to to hear about. Um, and this is one that comes up often with our clients, today's question. So that's basically how we decided on that. Um, if you are interested in, you know, engaging in those types of discussions with us on a more comprehensive basis or sending training videos or getting our opinions and articles, you can also get involved in the triage method community. That's our free open access Facebook group. And there's pretty good engagement in there. There's like a thousand people and you can guarantee that there are plenty others with similar questions to yours. Um, so feel free to pop any questions that you happen to have in there. Um, even if you want to get some feedback on like your own program, you know, is there something you could do better? We're happy to, to have those discussions. Um, also, check out our social media. If you're not subscribed to our newsletter, that goes out every Sunday. Basically includes an exclusive topical article longer than any of our Instagram posts would be, um, but something that doesn't go on our other social media. So that's something that may be of interest to you. And even if you just want to keep up with our own content and other content from around the internet that we think is useful, that's a really good place to keep up. Um, so again, description box below, get involved with that and follow us on our other social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the YouTubes, all triage method, easy to find us. Go and follow. Yeah, 100%. I have nothing else to add to that, Gary, because it literally is too easy. And I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and their weekend as well. Peace. Das Vidanya.